everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Cantina Hangouts, the Mandalorian recap retrospective review series uh, hosted by me, Diego Crespo of the Waffle Press podcast. Also hosting is Gina Versa, my co-host. How are you? Doing well. Good to be back. Yeah, cool. And we are not alone this time on our third outing with the Mandalorian. Also with us today is friend of the show, wonderful voice on the internet and all things filmy and, and comic booky. Uh, Emma Crump, how are you? I'm good. Hello. That was a very, very nice intro. Thank you. You, uh, <laughs> you, you go back with us a little ways to um, recording inside Understudy Comics in, in Uptown yeah. Whittier. You were our sound engineer and your input was always valuable and delightful. And it's always a pleasure seeing you. So thank you for being our first guest on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me be the first one. I feel so honored. You guys are so inclusive. You have a woman. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think we, we could always be doing better. But, uh, yeah. But um, it's uh, cool to have you back, Emma. We missed you on the show. Thank you. I'm here anytime you guys want any more of my, apparently, vast film knowledge and comic book ideas. <laughs> you and I were the only ones that liked the first Fantastic Beasts, and I just, I vividly remember that, too. Diego, so that, that's... I think it's because we just have taste. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I never saw the second one, though, so I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm anyways... in the same boat. It's okay. <laughs> I... Apparently, we're not missing out. But yeah. <laughs> what we are uh, also not missing out on is keeping up with The Mandalorian, because um, we're up to date. So that's still technically a true statement. But Hell Emma, yeah. Gene, Gene and I have, have obviously given our thoughts on the show to up to date, and we're excited to talk about episode three, The Sin, directed by Deborah Chow. The first episode, the first Star Wars thing, live action Star Wars thing in history, directed by a woman. Emma, what are your thoughts on the series to date? And briefly, what did you think about Chapter 3? Okay, so to date, it has such... Like, so far, every episode has had the uh, a really good balance of new CGI, like New Day uh, effects and touch to it. And it also seems to keep the old homie, like, New Hope... Return of the Jedi feel with the way he switches to like his visors, his guns. It seems to be showing a lot more practical effects as well in that sense. So for mm -hmm. some, somehow they seem to have like, like hit the nail on the hammer with a good balance in this show. They have the music, the lighting, everything is, the tone is always set. You know what you're stepping into with the tone, but it's not, it's the it's the comfortableness of having it be Star Wars with having it be brand new and surprising at the same time. Whereas cool. like with, with the Star Wars movies, you're going in and you know like I'm gonna get two hours of my face like completely like sawed right off with action and bright lights and and you know big intense scenes instead of a lot more intimate in the Star Wars universe, which it's, it's they're selling it and it, everyone's buying and it's working. I don't know if you listened to the first episode. I was not a fan, actually. I thought, oh, oh no. Um, <laughs> but episode two, uh, I'm very happy to say, is the one that really won me over. Uh, and I still think I prefer the second episode just because that's more of what I'm interested in Star Wars. Yeah. This one, I think it's also really good, though. Okay. And uh, a real testament to... The direction I, I brought up in the last episode, but I just want to say that I am convinced for sure now this is a series that's going to live or die by the strength of its individual directors 
So people like Rick Famuyiwa and Deborah Chow, who are clearly very talented at action and um, and character uh, blocking with their with their filmmaking, are um, really bring a liveliness to this series that I'm am excited to to go on board with. And I'm not particularly still like completely sold in the series as a whole. If I'm being honest, though, like mm-hmm. the thing, I'm not that interested in bounty hunter stuff with Star Wars. Yeah. I think Star Wars can be anything, okay. but the fact that it can be anything, you know, like shouldn't invalidate this approach either. And so it just has this killer hook with uh, not even the bounty hunter stuff, but everyone's favorite, Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Yoba. Yo- Yoba, yes, that is the name Gene coined last week, and that's that's my favorite name so far. I've seen. Other names such as just Baby, The Baby, um, Yaddle, but then everyone remembered that was the one from uh, the other little Yoda thing in, in Phantom Menace. Uh, I've seen Yeedle, which has, is ye- basically yeah. just a meme. Yeah. Has, any, has anyone called him Baby Sinclair? One of the, the baby from that Dinosaurs Jim Henson show? No. Kind of looks like that. After that, yeah. The one that's one that's like, just... ma, 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 like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The show that's just a ripoff of like The Simpsons, but uh-huh. with dinosaurs. <laughs> okay. But that show has the darkest ending ever. Do you guys know the ending to Dinosaurs? You'll have to explain it because I remember there being, I remember like a lot of people talking about it. I'm pretty sure I just blocked it out to save myself. Okay, so <laughs> the dinosaur show is about you know dinosaurs in uh, in, in a, a, a BC era, obviously, like the millions years ago, millions and millions of years ago, and the dinosaurs are not with us anymore. That's right. That's right. They they like they watch it happen, don't they? Or they're like yeah. The ending of the series is the dinosaur community preparing for the apocalypse, that's and then right. it ends. I'm not saying that's a bad ending. I barely remember it. I just remember looking that up when I was older again. And I was like, wait a second. Uh, th- yeah, that's the, the ending is them preparing for certain death. <laughs> so uh, it's depressing. Actually. It's that's hor- that would have fucked me up. <laughs> if I was yeah. A kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, pretty uh, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, let, let's get, let's get into this episode. Mandalorian chapter three, the sin, um, also written by Jean Favreau, who basically wrote everything this season, except for two episodes, episode five and six, okay. uh, written respectively by Dave Filoni and Christopher Yost and Rick Famuyiwa. All very I think, talented uh, Yeah, I think Dave Filoni is better in the writing room. Oh, hey, <laughs> we, we got to see. Maybe he, maybe he grew from the pilot episode. Anyone, okay. anyone can, can learn, you know. Yes. Um, yes. But for this episode... The Mandalorian delivers the child to everyone's favorite character actor and filmmaker, Werner Herzog, who, who's just the best human being ever. Um, mm-hmm. For those who don't know, he, he was uh, offering this thing called Rogue Film School, where he'd handpick students to, to learn filmmaking things, but they weren't like traditional filmmaking like techniques or like anything like that. Like, he basically had a resume of how to like, work the system for your favor to mm. become filmmakers and he was uh, adamant that he was not teaching lock picking <laughs> in his school but uh 
he basically was teaching people how to pick locks so they can get permits for their shoes. Anyways, I just love that he's in this. <laughs> he was just teaching them how to open the door a different way. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I believe I believe the quote he had was that, like, whenever he would teach students, is that he would tell them in case they forgot their keys inside a room and they needed to get their keys back, and then he would insist on them looking at his face for the true reaction. But anyways, <laughs> um, so the Mandalorian delivers the child, and there's clearly, like, an attachment thing on there already. Um, what do we feel about the Mandalorian as a character at this point, Emma? Um, what, what are your thoughts on him? Um... It, I like him, but at the same time, I'm kind of iffy about his character, uh, like his arc, what his arc is going to be, because we haven't really seen enough of him to see, to see his reputation that uh, Werner Herzog was talking about. Um, mm -hmm. where he was like, your reputation is unwarranted in how you deliver this child. We haven't really seen any type of bounty hunter ruthlessness to put a cap on it with it, so... To see him immediately become, like, really soft for this child, it, it shows that it seems to be playing on his, like, his parents or whatever the flashbacks happen to be. But at, it, I don't know if there would be any sort of shocking, scary thing to him or any sort of big arc for me that would see a character like this change in any way, you know? Because it seemed fairly obvious at this point that Mando was going to go back for Yiba for Yaba like he, he was getting the baby back you know mm -hmm. didn't seem like there wasn't at any part of this episode where he wasn't going to turn around and, and try and make the effort of at least get info if not even more than just asking Carl, Carl Weathers you know <laughs> yeah it seemed like he was always going to do the right thing it just took him longer took more time I guess yeah because I think it would have been nice I think it it I wasn't sure if it was going to be like, okay, this is just a bounty hunter. We get maybe two and a half episodes of a bounty, and then we get two and a half more episodes of a bounty, so we learn the character. Or if it was just going to be Baby Yoda all the way, which obviously the entire universe and Star Wars universe has voted Baby Yoda all the way, which, hey, why not? Mm. Oh, <laughs> How yeah. can you not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you on, on the, the character stuff. Like, I like him, and I like Pedro Pascal. Oh, absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. But, yeah, like, um, and I'm cool with it not being, like, a, a shocking twist that he goes back for the baby either. And I think we're all on the same page with this. Like, yeah, yeah. this is good, but I kind of wish he started off, like, a little meaner or something like <laughs> that, you know? Or, yeah. like, just a couple more episodes with them on the road. Like, I, what my thought last week was that, oh, my God, are we just going to get a bunch of episodes of them, like, trying to get back? Me you know? too. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought it was gonna be a journey back type season, and then like the big like finale episode would be like, oh, he finally turned it back, and now he loves the baby, or like mm -hmm. now he sees that it's they're gonna like rip him apart or something, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm down to see where the show goes for sure, which is again something I not I did not anticipate after the first episode. I was like, please, please don't do this to me, and now I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, this is nice. This is I I like it, and I'm I'm still adamant about please don't make all of star wars this this is cool as its own corner of the universe mm -hmm. let's uh let, let's keep it let's keep it going though. let's keep it growing and yeah. uh, speaking of going and growing uh the mandalorian uh talking to warner herzog um who was apparently delighted by the baby yoda on set <laughs> uh, he, he was the first one he, he was the first fanboy for baby yoda um 
He was moved he, to tears, and that's very valid of him. <laughs> oh, it's it's the best thing ever. I think we all were when we first heard Baby Yoda make a noise. <laughs> oh yeah, it, my my cold, tiny Grinch heart grew five sizes here's, after here's last episode. Here's a side note I didn't appreciate in this episode. I don't like how much it sounded like a child and a baby when it was like being taken away from Mando and it just did that like actual baby cry of like, hey, like oh. genuine baby whimper. Like, I don't know what's happening. I'm scared. Yeah. I don't, give it alien noises, please. I need some attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A- aliens can be cute too, but I- I'm right there with you like, Fuck Jean Favreau. Like, he knows what he's doing. It's like, the, if this was a genuinely bad show, it would still totally have everyone watching because of Baby Yoda. Like, it's the perfect hook. I can't yeah. stop watching now. It's horrible. Yeah, it's too cute for its own good. Yeah, like, I only, like, jokingly, uh, uh, with um, some old podcasting friends, Real Film Chatter, shout out to you guys, we were talking about, you know, everyone loves Baby Yoda. And I was like, you know, guys, I think Baby Yoda needs to die, like, at some point. Like, just for <laughs> the Star Christ. Wars series to continue. And I was like, even after, like, jokingly saying that, I was like, oh, no, that's kind of fucked up. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a little much. Diego, sick. that happens. I'm leading a mob to, to your house. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, <laughs> that, that, that's totally valid. Um, sick, but sick ideas. We, Terrible. <laughs> Terrible this, is, this is this is why I can't write a Star Wars thing. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we learned some some interesting facts that I I think I wish we would have liked to have learned early on when um just all the like the stuff with the bounty hunters like the the whole like little mini economy they got going on. They're like, oh, you can't ask about the bounty once it's delivered. Like you forget it happened. And then they, they like there's a bunch of scenes like that in this episode where they're explaining like. Well, you know how it goes, and it's like, no, we don't know how it goes because this is the first we're hearing of it. Yeah. And like, I, I'm totally fine with filling out the world. It's just, I feel like we could have learned that a little more. And so, I've I've seen some criticism of the pacing for the series so far, and I'm like, I wish it was going a little slower, actually, just to just to spend more time in the world and like the weird environments, you know, and the weird societies. So it's it's too much like John Wick, where it's just they're throwing around all these terms, and everyone's just like, oh yeah, I guess that's. Is that how it, that's how it works? No, no. John Wick is, is like the king of world building right now. I'll go to bat for all. Really, of that. I thought John oh, Wick yeah. three. John Wick three was uh, so worse that like, oh, there's a man above the table, and then there's this, that, and that, and that, and this has never been brought up once in any any other single point in time. No, in the no, exhausting no, movies. No. I, I, I very, very much disagree, especially because John Wick three is like the best action movie of the year but we're not, we're not getting into that okay. um but, did but you like, I, I see what you're saying yeah did you like griff carga i believe that's how you pronounce it griff. carl weathers yeah i do like him i do like him um i've yeah I, I trusted at the end that he he would lift his head again yeah was it do you guys um he reminds me of uh, a Sim- certain simpsons character lionel hutz where it's just like he keeps skeeving out <laughs> Keeping his way out of situations, it keeps turning up alive. He knows the law and he knows how to work it for himself, and that's what yeah, he yeah. He's yeah. just like keeps keeps surviving somehow. Yeah, <laughs> it, that that's a really fun like character trait for me. Like, um, 
I really love recurring antagonists in TV series like that, where, like, they're not even, like, the scariest or the best, you know? Like, everyone loves Darth Vader's and Bane's and shit. But, oh, like, um, just the the idea of, like, a dude who's, like, yeah, he's good enough at their job, but they also have trouble keeping up with, like, the protagonist, so it's kind of, like, charming. Like, it's fun to watch them succeed, but you also don't want them to succeed too much to keep, yeah. to, like, you know, defeat the hero. So that's a really fun dynamic that I think they're going to have going forward. Um, I, I just wish that, yeah, I just wish there was, there was a little more of the, um, the focus on like the, the systems, the outer, the outer rim systems, because we get like that, that dialogue between him and Mando who, um, who's saying like, Oh, uh, was with him and Mando or one of them said that they could go to like report the, the M- the Empire soldiers yeah, to the Republic? Him. It was him. It was, uh, Mando was about to leave. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was about to leave, and he was like, do you have any idea what they're going to do with it? And he's like, well, you know, we don't ask those, and if you have an issue, then happily turn yourself in, I guess. So, yeah, you're right. It was Grief that was telling him that, so. Yeah, the, the, uh, interesting concept, and I'm like, I really want to see more of that, and it looks like we can get more of that now, <laughs> given the direction of the the, the series. And um, just God bless the show for being so like narratively like thin, not not in a bad way. It's like it's lean. <laughs> there you go, lean. lean the, the that's a better. Word. That's a better word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's not a. Uh, it's definitely not shallow, which which is uh, very much a relief to me. Yeah. Because I, I feel like there's still like a lot to talk about here, even though basically this is what happens in this episode. He returns the baby. He goes to get an upgrade. And this is my shallow interpretation of the episode. Obviously, we'll talk more about it. He goes to get an upgrade. Decides to go back to get the baby, and then escapes. That's the fundamentally yeah. what happens in the episode. But you feel like you're actually experiencing it enough because of like the filmmaking and the talent involved with this that it's much more than just plot points happening. Yeah. You're actually feeling like character decisions being made. Yes, exactly. Yes, I would like to talk about that when he um. The moment when he when he gets in his ship and he is going and he reaches and he takes that moment to look at like the knob that was unscrewed, but then he still screws it back on. But they give you like that two minutes more of him very slowly sitting back. And then even just like as he's settled, even his hand is hesitating as much as it possibly can. And it's like it's it's it, he does this wonderful body language situation in that aspect where I We've all had days where, like, our head is in a million places at once, and obviously we have uh, A priority, which for him was his job, and then B priority, whatever is, you know, our at-home stresses, whatever, outside stresses. And I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but I have done this thousands of times, where I will be sitting or I will be, like, in my car, and I will be doing my most mundane, and then I will snap out of it and notice, like, oh, my hand has been in the air ready to grab something for, like, Five minutes because I've been thinking for too long or yeah. I've been like in the middle of an action or trying to finish something or even like buttoning a shirt and I'll just be like totally completely dazed and he seemed to somehow even without having a facial expression change without having like a little soft like like thought sound without having that little like shoulder lift of like oh crap like I've noticed he just it, he somehow portrayed it so wonderfully and I think the music also helped along with it where you saw his entire thought process change into yep this is happening 
getting that kid. We're going to get out of here, no matter what, in just like a minute of him keeping his hand in the air. And I thought, I don't know why I pinpointed on that, but I couldn't stop looking at his hand to see if he would just drop it down to think or if he would still be in the motion of trying his best to fight every possible step of like telling himself to not go back. You know what I mean? completely yes uh, no that's actually like there's a lot of action in the back half of this episode and i liked it all it's, it's all solid stuff uh oh, or yeah. it's, it's solid or very good um mm-hmm. but that was my favorite moment in the episode because that's when i finally like it confirmed for me that this series would would find a way into the head of a character whose face you never see mm-hmm. and that's right. really hard to do mm-hmm. and that's very impressive and I totally believe that it's it's one actor behind that, even though it's both Pedro Pascal and uh, a body double. I don't know if it's more than one, but um, whoever the, the, the tag team duo on that uh, very impressive work because it's seamless and just the the, the physical acting mm-hmm. by those it, performers is really believable. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, when he does go back for, uh, to, to get his upgrade really quick, just so he could break down the rest of the episode, um, I'm, the Mandalorians kind of have this funky history in Star Wars history, both mm-hmm. like the literal, like the fictional history and like the fan base history, because, you know, everyone loves their Boba Fett. Boba Fett's the coolest guy ever, apparently. I never got a Boba Fett. I like Boba Fett dying in the most pathetic, hilarious way ever. Because Return of the Jedi is awesome. And I'm being completely sincere. I think it's a great death. Um, but now it's it's so funny. Han Solo is not smart enough to go mano a mano with a dude like that. It makes total sense that he would accidentally knock him into a pit where he gets swallowed for years and years. That's like... I don't know. People watch Star Wars differently than me, I guess. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in the Clone Wars, there's some great uh, Star Wars storytelling with the Mandalorian culture. But I guess just like there's this idea of like the Mandalorians have to be the coolest thing ever, and you know, and yeah. uh, they're they're like the ultimate badasses. And so I've always kind of been a little wary. Maybe that's kind of why I've always been a little wary of the series as a whole, like okay. depending on how how far they go with it. And then I see them trying to basically like out machismo each other for like five minutes and i'm like i don't hate this so this must be good <laughs> and um i don't know what, what was your guys thoughts on the insight to the mandalorian culture because you've only gotten sprinkles of it here mm-hmm. right it's um it's interesting that well i mean what we've seen and there's a lot we don't know at this point but the fact that they're kind of like um these kind of uh, almost like a secret society where they're living underground, like Morlocks or something, and they could only one could go up at the time, at a time, and um, you know they're really living scarce after some something that went on with the Empire is really fascinating. I think that um, that they're th- that they're broken down this far as a culture, I guess. Yeah, that they've been so like I don't know. Well, you said it, like, broken down, that they have to actually, like, become the mole people now, and they just have to mm-hmm. live around. Yeah, they're like uh, like the mole people from Planet of the Apes or something. Or, or, <laughs> or they're like the, the, the Mandemolians. <laughs> Mandemolians? It's stupid. Yeah, Mandemolians. <laughs> um, no, 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 but, uh, yeah, I, I actually like them in this show, and I like their weird, like, 
rituals, even though it kind of feels like inhibiting. Like I, I'm not, I'm definitely not using this as a criticism. I'm not, this isn't a hang up for me, but it is a little silly that they're like, you've never taken your helmet off. Never. And it's like, boy, yeah, <laughs> that is incredibly unhealthy. <laughs> It must reek under there. But again, I, I don't actually care about that. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there, there is a lot of backstory in the culture with the, the Clone Wars series, but obviously something happened between the end of the Clone Wars saga. Yeah, and definitely. right now that got him to a very not good place. And I am, presume we're going to see a bit of that when the Clone Wars comes back for its renewed final season on Disney Plus next year which uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to because that's some very good Star wars and stuff with the Clone Wars. Um, what did we think of when the Mandalorian actually went back to save the baby? So you get the big action scenes, you get the, the cool um, uh, lone wolf and cub stuff going on again that I really, really love. And uh, the, the Imperial Doctor, who mm. might not have wanted to hurt the baby after all. He looks like he maybe had the baby's interests. Emma, what were your thoughts? I I want to trust him. I I do because he seems to have that like spurly like I gotta do this because I'm under their thumb type aura about him. But at the same time, I don't know. Like he wasn't really fighting that robot that he had full control control over. And it's not like Werner Herzog was already like still in there. He could have. I don't know. I'm very iffy on him still. I think because we only know a little bit about him. And I don't know if he was just like afraid of Mando that he just didn't want to die and he just had his coward moment or not. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gene, what do you got? I, I wasn't too surprised that he was going to go back. I was, uh, it, it felt like a little prolonged, like all these, uh, all these signs kept happening to, uh, you know, he's noticing little things without the baby. And I mean, I knew it was going to happen, but it's nice to have a, uh, like a heroic character, I guess. in uh, in this type of series, because I mean, you know, centering on bounty hunters, you know, he can only go somewhere so far with everyone just like screwing people over. But uh, it's interesting that he has a, a conscience, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, I, 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 I'm with you with that. Uh, do you trust the Imperial Doctor who didn't fight back? Uh, probably not. No, he's, he's Imperial. All he's, right. Uh, I, I'm, uh, well, actually, you know what? Let's get into there the are, theory time. Cause, yeah, cause there are no there's, good. There's a couple out there. Mm-hmm. There are no good Imperials, the only complacent or uh, people that say on both sides. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, because, like, <laughs> you know, Imperials are space Nazis. Like, that's, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Of course. But here's the, here's the thing. I'm I'm definitely not defend. This is not pro imperialism. I'm, hang on. Okay. <laughs> let me, punch imperials. Let me point. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah punch imperials always. Um, <laughs> but this man, though he is working with them, which does make him um, both complacent, and um, that does put him like objectively in the wrong. Mm-hmm. His garb, according to um, some Twitterisms, because uh, I, I got really into the last episode, I started looking around at what people were saying about um, certain things in the series. Mm-hmm. Someone brought up that uh, his insignia is actually the same insignia as um, uh, uh, the, 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 the clone say. things on, on a Camino, mm-hmm. as the Camino clone facilities. 
So I'm wondering what the extent of that could be. Uh, is it is Baby Yoda literally a Baby Yoda clone? You know, um, was was he hired by the Empire? Was he is he just a coward who's also like you know like like one of those sniveling weasel kind of villains? You know, mm-hmm. kind of like weasels their way out of things and and all that jazz. So I don't know. I I just I think there's more going on there than meets the eye, which doesn't mm-hmm. mean he's innocent or a good person either. I just think. Um, that could be a fun thread to follow through is all. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. I mean, uh, it's been hard to predict so far with where the story, the story and the series will, will twist and turn. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I thought it'd be pretty straightforward. And, you know, at times it is, like we said, none of us were like shocked when he went back for the baby. But mm-hmm. I think we were also just like, yes, good. Let's do <laughs> yes. this. Yeah. yeah. No. Like, if I had to like wait an episode for him to go back to the baby, I would be like very upset. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Give him like a like a like. You post a photo. You post <laughs> yeah. a photo on his Instagram. Just me and my Yoba child. Yeah. Like just for just he'll post it just for the likes and like. Oh, that's good for you. Yeah. Being a good no, dad. No, no. See his his Instagram is nobody talk to me or my son again. <laughs> just a bunch yeah. of those photos. <laughs> he has that picture like Rosa from Brooklyn Nine Nine, where he's like, "I've had Baby Yoda for only a day, and if anything were to happen to him, I'd kill everybody in the room and then myself." <laughs> I'm, I'm making all the I'm making all these memes the moment we're done recording. By the way, <laughs> there you go. You have to. You have they'll to be shared on. They'll be shared on the Waffle Press Twitter account and Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, I know all about the meme life, man. Hell yeah! Why did you about that meme life? <laughs> A meme is a dream your heart makes. My God, Diego, how could you say that to me? (laughs) Uh, So the rest of the episode is pretty much a straightforward action sequence. Um, But we should note that obviously there is more going on with the Mandalorian culture. And that um, they were clearly upset that the Mandalorian was working with the the remnants of the Empire. Space Nazis and and just um, because there's clearly some history there you know we yeah. get flashbacks to uh not the empire i think it's important to point out that the separatists in the, the the star wars prequels are not the same kind of evil as the empire still a bad obviously but yeah, like a, a, diff- a different thing and so it, it just it's a really small thing this episode does but it, it ties the mandalorian culture to something like the, obviously the war because they're the they're basically bred for war you know almost mm-hmm. But, like, it's kind of showing how, like, yeah, they've lived all these different wars for so long, and now they don't even have, like, a home anymore. It's yeah. like, they're okay. kind of people without countries. Exactly. Like I say, it's interesting that the the, the uh, separatists were, and they're kind of like the rebellion in some ways. A little bit. I think that's probably how Palpatine got them, like, on board with everything, you know? Because we, we do only see side of the Republic in the prequels, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, even in Clone Wars, like we barely get glimpses at the separatist movement outside of like the Sith stuff, which uh, is it, not inherently a flaw. It's just I think could have been expanded upon. But again, not not a criticism really. Just uh, that probably is how Palpatine got them to like believe that they were the underdogs and they had to like defeat the Republic so they could live, you know. And then of course he ends up screwing them over, and now the galaxy's like this: <laughs> three generations <laughs> of war, which is mm-hmm. bad. Um, and yet the Mandalorians come to Mando's aid, 
at the end of things because they see that he could not live with himself if he had given up the child uh, to the Empire for, for any purpose. And I think that was uh, one of those things, again, where it's like, it would have been cool to see this play out a little bit longer, but it's still yeah, very satisfying yeah. to see come to fruition. So what do we think about the ending of this episode? Because this is the, the, the big action scene so far for the series. That was uh, the best action scene that I've seen in this series so far. Um, the way that, you know, it, it played out like such a, it, like a, like a Western in terms of the standoff. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it was like out of a, like a Western movie. It's just him against all these bounty hunters. And there's a certain point where it's like, yeah, he, he's like, you know, he's getting his looks in, but then he realizes how overwhelmed he is. And he's just staring at his small green child and like, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't sure if he was like, oh, I'm gonna admit, like, I, you know, sorry that I, I uh, put you in this situation, or like, he was staring at him like, hey, use your force powers. <laughs> like, wake up, baby, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't figure that out. I don't know. What did you guys think of that? No, that I totally thought of like Han Solo's. That's not how the force works, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, come on, do something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then the fact that like reinforcements come is. Uh, and the way they fight too is, um, we've only seen the Mandalorians really like fight, fight in uh, mm -hmm. the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. I mean, Boba Fett's just kind of standing there and doesn't do too much, but it's the best depiction of the Mandalorians in live action so far. And just how they just like go to town and everyone just they because they don't just use guns; they fly while they're yeah. doing it. Grace, such grace. They're like like uh, synchronized divers or uh, swimmers, yeah. Just making all these like fig like figure eights in the really sky. Well, yeah, they have mm -hmm. their like maneuvers and everything like that. Yeah, I can fully see. Like, that's totally Great, cool. yeah. yeah, gracefully killing people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The, I agree. It was totally like a western uh, for me. It, it one hundred percent gave me that like oh heck yeah moment of like watching it where it was like okay, he's either going to jump out and, like, empty all his blasters and then, you know, take whatever bullets are left, or he's going to, like, they're both going to just end up going or getting captured, or that's how this one's going to end. But I really enjoyed the, like, triumphant, like, because at first I thought it was just going to be the, uh, the the smith, the one who made his armor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, cool, badass woman moment. But it was better because it was a badass family, like, group moment of, like, this is like we have to support each other because obviously we are the only ones who are left, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I really loved that that gung ho like heck yeah they're not gonna take any crap they're gonna make sure the imperial doesn't talk bad about them anymore and try and earn back what they lost, you know. I really loved that fight, no matter how campy and Star Warsy actiony it is. I, I really enjoyed it. it was that nice. yeah, that's that's actually why I loved it so much because I just I really. Maybe I shouldn't have even judged the show before it came out, but I guess just because like the fan culture gets to me, I'm like, I don't okay. want Star Wars <laughs> to get too serious. I don't want uh -huh. like too much like look at how badass he is. I'm like, he's a bad guy who doesn't play by the rules. And it's like, oh yeah, but they're flying around with jetpacks and laser beams. And, right. Like you yeah. could like I could just imagine John Favreau cackling as he's writing this at his keyboard, just like living out his wildest like middle school fantasies and i love that so much because that star wars is a big pulpy adventure series for everyone you know exactly. it's got it's got to be a blend of, of all things for for like their particular stories they're telling and so 
something I imagined I would like despise watching, I'm really enjoying now. And I don't think it's like essential Star Wars yet, even though right. it clearly wants to be with the Yoda baby thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I am enjoying the heck out of it so far, and I, I could not be happier about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, uh, when you said the it, it, it kind of shows how he's like playing out his uh, like childhood fantasies. I think that that really sent sent it home when Mando was flying, <laughs> and all of a sudden there was another bounty hunter doing like the Superman flying and did the, like, <laughs> sign off and just like bailed on him. That was that was full on like oh this is fun and th- this show is like this is gonna be a great adventure like we're all starting it and no matter how like stressful intense it's gonna be it's gonna like no matter at the end of the day it's gonna be a kids or a, a whole person like everyone can enjoy it because it's just yeah fun. yeah I mean like yeah it has the goodness of the original trilogy I would say because mm-hmm. like like Han Solo coming back to uh help out Luke in the Death Star Trench. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't expect that from Han. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I agree, because... Sorry, my head is all over. No, no, it's fine, yeah. (laughs) You have that moment of, like, Han, and you have that big, like, heck yeah moment of that Star Wars movie, and every single individual movie will have, like, maybe one or two minor heck yeahs, and then one massive heck yeah at the end in the third part, you know? No, it has a yeah boy. Yeah, yeah. The longest, yeah. the longest, yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> World longest, yeah, boy. <laughs> that, that was that was us, I guess. At the end. But it it's nice to have it in episodes as well, where maybe it's not um, as frequent heck yeah moments, but you have your tiny like oh yeah of him turning back to go get Baby Yoda, or even in the second episode you have that tiny like oh, yeah, they found the Jawas, or he's racing to go get him. This is a lot of fun. And then you have your big heck yeah moment where, you know, he does get away with it, or all the bounty hunters show, or all the Mandalorians show up to help him. You have your big heck yeah. And then the second episode, it was like, you get to see Baby Yoda use the Force, and that was your big heck yeah. So it's really, it's it's interesting, and they somehow have nailed doing big Star Wars movies without overwhelming each Hmm. I yeah, I think uh, that's the one thing I'm disagree with you on. Actually, oh. uh, I, I don't. I don't think it's it's feels that big, and I'm personally okay with that. I, I like the stripped down, smaller scale Star Wars. Uh, it's it still feels like like TV to me. I, I honestly don't feel like it's it's revolutionary television either. No. Um, but like I, I'm happy with with what with the way it is. It it is a a great version of itself. I I I mean no ill will about any any of that. What I'm saying, but uh, yeah, I, I do have to disagree. I, I don't I don't feel that it gets the big Star Wars stuff right. It definitely has the vibe down though, which mm-hmm. I think is is what's gonna make it last as long as it needs to. Yeah yeah. I, I think that this will be a big one for if if the quality keeps up. Now I think this will be a big one for for future kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, what do you guys think of, <clears throat> excuse me, what do you think of the tone? Because, I mean, the, the fact when, was it like uh, uh, Carl Weathers mentions like Twilight Keeling Bath sounds kind of skeepy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sounds like a, like, a pro, like, a, like a strip club or something. Yeah, it, it kind of keeps it all over the place in like, uh, in those, like 
the like I don't want to call them like human moments, but I guess that's how you would perceive that as where you know he's not out killing somebody it's more of like a civilization moment mm-hmm. um where you have those like that but then it's weird because they'll be talking about like skeevy adult under radar stuff and yeah. then you'll have him when he's like storming in and you'll be expecting these big action sequences sort of like netflix marvel where it has the feel of like oh you might get maybe this cool fight sequence that might remind you of Daredevil's hallway or even just any type of inkling of a fight from Marvel. But then because it's Disney and because they have to censor a couple of things, you don't really get to see all the punches land or all the uh, blasters hit, you know, you just get to see the aftermath of it. Mm-hmm. And so I think for tone wise, it's everywhere when it needs to be like sometimes it's hard to feel like is this super funny or is this just like a weird offhand comment they're all making you know yeah yeah i mean i'm not too bothered by it but i'm like oh i if i had i was watching it with a younger viewer i'd be like oh that's uh it's it's just a place people go adults go yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know I'll, i'll explain when you're older yeah, yeah. Quickly, yeah. Older, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I guess, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I definitely don't want too much of that either. Like, there's a, definitely a fine line they're writing with this series tonally, because uh, you know, like Return of the Jedi, unfortunately, has like, like a uh, Leia like strung up in a golden bikini, and it's like that's my yeah. favorite Star Wars movie probably. And it's like you didn't need to do that. You, you, right. you could have gotten Slave Leia without the the gold bikini thing. Like, that's I mean, very male writer. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I just don't want more of that. Is all, and it doesn't look like that's even going to be possible under Disney. And it's like, uh-huh. all right, Disney's an evil conglomerate trying to absorb the world and, and like how we process art, but that's a good <laughs> thing. Stopping that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you know, it's um, surprising. I mean, you know, in Solo, it's probably the uh, the most like romantic of the Star Wars movies so far we've seen because there isn't really yeah. too much uh, romance lately in Star Wars. I would say, and like uh, you know. Um, I was just going to say the, you know, it's, um, and there's nothing like, uh, the slave Leia scene, but you know, it has a lot of, uh, hot, you know, it has a lot of, uh, really, uh, like, uh, romantic scenes between Han and, uh, Kira. So I don't know. It's very it's playful. Yeah. I, I would say that there's like, not, not in a way that's like, I, I want everyone to hear me out here. There's okay. very clearly sexual tension between Ray and Kylo, and I don't oh, mean that okay. as like a, like a okay. shipper thing. I, I mean okay. like, it's like very they forced. they're trying to make it very obvious that they're yeah they they clearly have a thing whether whether it's like legitimate romantic interest they understand each other and when those characters are that close and they're that lost together like of course there's gonna be like romantic tension there that doesn't mean the movie or I am pro them getting together pro, I pro think it's just Halo? Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I think it's an interesting idea. I, I, it doesn't mean I want them to end up together. You know what I mean? Like, God, no. You, you can be, you can be interested in following a story along and still want it to end badly because it yeah. obviously like is going to there also. Just to get talk a little bit about nine. Like, I'm interested in seeing characters fall apart in terms of growth. I think that's a very interesting way to go about it. You, you know, think that's what we're beginning from Mandalorian. No, I, I don't. I don't think we'll be getting any any romance, in Mandalorian. No, 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 not not romance or anything. But I mean, growth by falling apart. By falling apart, do you think we're going to get any of those moments from him? Maybe. 
the it's kind of hard because like like we were talking about like I think all of our our, our big criticism so far is that the character backstory for Mandalorian's a little that I will describe as thin. Yeah, uh, it's paper thin. A little bit, a little and bit. Uh, and so it would be hard to see like what even could be broken down about the character mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. Other than the obvious of like all the flashbacks he keeps having. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it'd be cool if they like spent the season building it up and then you know then everything that gets built up gets broken down. That would be very interesting, like uh, structure wise. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but as of this point, I don't I don't think we'll see too much of that. I don't know if it's headed that direction. But uh, I, I like characters like that. Mm-hmm. Pro Raylo stands, come at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, unless uh, you fellows have anything else to talk about the episode. Um, final thoughts, Emma. Um, I don't know. I it's 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 interesting with this show of like <clears throat> like you said of getting so little information or minimal information every episode or bits and pieces as we're getting but still wanting to come back and like not feel cheated every time we watch an episode. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it it's it has a, it has a weird dialogue about it where like you were saying, Diego, like how you started to not like this, but now you're liking this. Like it has a weird shift about it where you're not getting a lot. And when you boil it down, the episodes don't sound that incredible, but yet they're somehow next level good with just what we're, what the minimal that we're given, it's next level. So I don't, I don't, I see this show probably going for a while. Like it's sticking, I'm pretty sure. And I'll probably stick with it most of the way too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it would uh I, I could see it I could see it dropping the ball, but I also see it not anytime soon if uh no. if this is what we're getting so far. Gene, final thoughts. Um yeah, I'll agree with Emma. Like I'm gonna s- stick into watching this. Um, you know, every midnight on the last Thursday, well, the next couple of Thursdays seem pretty exciting. I didn't see it at midnight last night because I was dead tired and went to sleep. But it makes you excited to, uh, you know, just to you get this anxious feeling uh, what's going to happen next. And, um, you know, it goes back to the idea that Star Wars was based on all these uh, movie serials of the past, like Flash Gordon. And, uh, you know, this this really harkens back to that idea where, uh, you know, it's a continued um, adventure of uh, this character and, um uh, you know, it's this long, uh, like, saga of of him. Um, I, I take that back. Last week I said it's one long movie. How about it's one long, like, serial adventure? Oh, yeah, that's totally the vibe they're going for, and I think completely appropriate. It's, uh, especially just given the episodes are different, like, not even tonally, just, like, different little adventures, all telling one big story. Um, I, I, I would definitely agree with that. Gene, you and I... Um, talked about uh, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which I've been yeah. visiting recently. Very, and very underrated. Very, very underrated, and also very, very clearly inspired by the old adventure serials. Like, there's a fade to black and white, like, 8 millimeter film, I think, every episode. Yeah. Uh, and I'm getting very similar vibes for The Mandalorian. Not not quite as good as Young Indiana Jones yet. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I, think, I think that's what they're going for a little bit here. Just uh, one big adventure narrative with individual adventures like sprinkled in, around in the middle and uh 
I really quite like that. Mm-hmm. So thank you both for, for joining me on this episode. Um, last question. What do we think Baby Yoda eats this week? <laughs> he uh, definitely eats... Um... He definitely eats, um, I think I said frogs last week. I don't think he's a frog person. I think like uh, some nice uh, some nice Bothan soup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, Emma, what do, you, what, do you have thoughts about what Baby Yoda's diet is? <laughs> I, <laughs> he does seem like a, he does seem like a meat eater, but mm-hmm. uh, I feel like what were those things that like Jabba always fed on, and they were in the like jar of like? <sighs> oh, that's yeah, so gross! Yeah. Keep, them, keep them away from him. He's a, that's bad. That's bad for him. I feel like you want him to look like, like Jabba. Like, well, I mean, he's a, he got big. He got get his muscles. He's a baby. <laughs> he's got to grow up. He's baby. Yeah, that's true. But still, <laughs> I feel like. You know, get him, get him some stuff from the moisture farms or like the blue milk. You know, that's what he needs. Oh, I bet he lives. The blue milk. Yeah, yeah. They, oh my god, they're gonna go to Tatooine. I fucking know it. No, 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 no. No, I feel like they'll stray away from that. We're gonna get that shot of Mando holding like Baby Yoda as a baby with just like a casual bottle of blue milk and feeding him just <laughs> super. And he's watching under the twin sunset. Oh my yeah. god, that would be everyone's Twitter wallpaper. <laughs> He has the like baby carrier on his chest, and he's just standing watching the twin sunset. And Baby Yoda's just like on his chest, like passed out. <laughs> oh hell yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah! I was joking about them going to Tatooine, but like I want an image like that now. <laughs> uh, thank you both for joining me. Thank you, Emma, for being our first guest. I'm so happy to have you on. Uh, welcome back anytime. Where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me out on Instagram. Uh, my my Instagram handle is Starlit Sunflower. Link to that down below. Uh, Gene, plugs. What do you got? Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Gene nine eight nine two. All right, and you can follow me at the Twitters at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Check out all the other podcasts we got going on. Happy Amblin, Cantina Hangouts, Monthly Roundtables. What? Bye. <laughs> <laughs>